Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. This one is going to be a little depressing, I guess, or somber, whatever word you want to use. But I'm wanting to take this episode to talk about Kobe Bryant. And I already wrote a blog about it. If you see that I, I've tweeted that or whatever, you follow me on either one of the accounts. Uh, I'll leave a, a link to the blog in the description if you want to just pop over and read that. Those were my initial thoughts. Uh, it's a short read, but those were my initial thoughts on Kobe. And I'll, I'll gloss over some of them during this episode as well. But I wanted to do a full a full episode or you know however long this episode ends up being. I wanted to put out an episode about Kobe because it's it, it's a huge moment in the in the sports world and it's a huge loss. And I just felt like if I didn't do a podcast on it, like yeah, I wrote a, a like a 500 word blog about it. But if I didn't do a podcast about it, I, I just felt like I wouldn't be a very good sports, aspiring sports journalist anyway, as selfish as that sounds, you know, whatever. But Kobe, it's almost been a week. So it's Friday, the last day of January, finally, a month that has seemingly been never ending. It's finally the last day of January. And it's almost been a week since Kobe and his daughter Gigi and the Altabelli family. I think I'll tell you. I think that's their last name. I'm just going to look it up real quick because, yeah, Altabelli. Okay, so I got it right. Just wanted to make sure I was pronouncing it right. The Altabelli family along with several others. So Kobe, Gigi, and the seven others that were in that helicopter crash. It, um... It's been, I mean, it was, it was terrible, man. It was just, so I was just watching shows as I do. I think I was watching Watchmen on HBO and my buddy texts our group chat. He's like, Kobe Bryant just died. So my friend responds, shut the hell up. Like, you're dumb, you're stupid, like, Kobe Bryant's not dead, dude, like, be quiet, and you're spreading all this fake shit, then I look, I see the TMZ article, start panicking, look around a little bit some more, LA County Sheriff's Department tweets out something about a helicopter crash, more or less corroborates what TMZ's story was, Um, and I started crying, I ran upstairs and I told my parents, I was like, hey, Kobe Bryant just, a tear, like, tears getting choked up. Kobe Bryant just died and they got up and they're like, what? And I, I was searching on every news network available. I was on Twitter. I was on Twitter. I was on Instagram. Uh, I was scrolling through CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, like some channel. 
had to have had something that was going on. And eventually the first channel that I came across that had something about the situation with CNN. And it, it was them saying that he died in a plane crash, in a helicopter crash. And it wasn't until like about an hour, hour and a half later where I was eating dinner that I saw his daughter was on the helicopter. And the waterworks started all up again. And my mom started crying too. That was tough. Uh, it was... It was it was so sad. Like I just it still doesn't feel real. And it's it's very strange how how we go through all this, you know? Because you know, me and millions of others, we don't know Kobe Bryant. Right? We didn't we didn't know Kobe Bryant. But we did at the same time. He's been a guy who's been in the public eye and has given millions of people hundreds of memories just as a basketball player. And if and you grew up, a lot of people grew up with Kobe Bryant. I was, I mean, I think he got drafted in 96, so when I was born. But Kobe Bryant was, I mean, there's there's a few staples in my life that I grew up with. It was Derek Jeter is the New York Yankees shortstop. Tom Brady is a quarterback for the New England Patriots. Eli Manning is the quarterback for the New York Giants, of course. And Kobe Bryant is the shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Those are like constants that in, in my life and, of course, you know, a bunch of other people's lives. But those were constants. And he he was incredible. I mean, I, I don't have to sit here and, and talk about how great Kobe Bryant was on the basketball court. Everyone knows that. And what everyone keeps talking about is how great he was as a father. And it's... You think when you see people die a lot, people who were in the public eye and they, and they pass away and it, there's this oh no, that's so terrible kind of feeling, and then it, it kind of subsides. And that's a lot with with actors and musicians. Brian Phillips, uh, he wrote something for The Ringer, and he mentioned something that it's it's weird. There's no blueprint to how to grieve with an athlete passing away so young like Kobe Bryant. So with with actors and musicians, it's like a, oh no, here we go again kind of feeling. But with Kobe Bryant, and here there's a, there's a quote here. Um, For basketball fans, nothing quite like this has happened before. We're grieving without a template. We're coming to terms not just with the knowledge that this has happened, but that it could happen. That killing Kobe Bryant was something the world was allowed to do. And, I mean, yeah, nail on the head there. Like, I mentioned it in my blog also on Sunday. Kobe Bryant felt invincible. 
on the basketball court, even in this post this post playing life that he was he was having. He was he looked like he was he, I mean he was by all accounts an excellent father. Uh seeing him courtside with Gigi not 2 months ago or a month ago, whatever it was, uh courtside teaching her the game of basketball talking about her on late night shows about how great she's going to be and on top of that you listen to interviews he does he has a great interview with Barstool Big Cat and Alex Rodriguez for their their podcast the court he does he does a great interview with that and he's just he's mellowed out but he's still just as intense tackling like his business decisions and his business endeavors and then coaching Gigi and and the Mamba Academy and everything like that. He was intense, but it was different than what he was doing on the basketball court. And I think just so many people loved seeing this guy who was so intense and so crazy and, you know, a bit of a jerk sometimes and so confident on the basketball court transition into this into this dad life of and with business and with his kids and his family in general. P, I think, well, I know people really loved watching that transformation. And he wasn't in the spotlight a lot, but he was in it enough where we were still able to ooh and ah about what Kobe Bryant was doing, I feel like, you know? He lived half a life. 41 years old is is not old. That's half a life. And Kobe felt like he was going to live far past 82. If you want to get specific, it felt like he was probably going to live till he was 100. And to have him be the first one to really die in this way and be for the NBA community if we want to get specific, like my father mentioned when it happened, it, it reminded him of Thurman Munson. And it's a little different. And and also Roberto Clemente. But neither one of them, no offense to Thurman Munson and Roberto Clemente, both fantastic baseball players, Hall of Famers, icons, but they didn't have the kind of impact that Kobe had. Kobe spent, you came in at 17, spent his entire life with the Lakers, 20 seasons in LA. He was an icon, a role model to so many millions of people for so many years. He spent more time playing for the Lakers than he did not playing for the Lakers when he retired. He spent 17 years on this earth and then spent the next 20 with the Lakers. So at the time of his retirement, he had spent more years as a Laker than not as a Laker, which is just mind-blowing. To see that happen so young, I mean, if you look at the greats for NBA basketball, Bob Pettit is the first ever recipient of the the NBA's MVP award. He's still alive. He lives in Louisiana. 
87 years old, aside from Will Chamberlain, most of the NBA greats are alive. Pete Maravich, of course, he died very young in his 40s, and he had a heart attack. And that was—I wasn't alive for that, of course, but uh, it, I, it was sad. It is sad to think about. But I don't I don't think no offense to Pistol Pete, but he's not Kobe Bryant. On on the court and just in popularity, he's not Kobe Bryant. And you look at the rest of the list, I mean Dr. J's still alive, Bill Russell's still alive. Magic Johnson, who got at the time a death sentence by getting H- contracting HIV. Still living, healthily, I might add. Still being magic. And and you can just go down the list. And aside from a few here or there, most of the, the great legendary NBA players are still living. They're still alive. And that's where you thought Kobe would be. Courtside at, you know... 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, trash-talking some 20-year-old kid. And it just, out of everyone you could pick, Kobe Bryant's the last one that you'd think would die young. And that's what's so difficult to understand. Death is, and if you've if you've you've experienced death in your your immediate family, you understand this maybe to a, a deeper level. I'm not saying you are hurting more, or you understand more than the average fan of Kobe Bryant or whatever. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you might understand it an extra layer. Or you you probably will understand it an extra layer. Whether you experience the death of a sibling, a parent, makes no difference. You will understand. Even if you're if you're a parent as well, of course, God forbid you've experienced the death of your spouse or your child. You understand to a degree what Vanessa Bryant and her really her her child Natalia are going through so picture what they're going through and then double it and the Altabellis of course also I'm I'm going to be talking about the Bryants but make no mistake I'm also thinking about the other families that were involved because it's equally as terrible and I'll get into that in a little bit after I'm done with this what I'm about to say, but Vanessa Bryant and Natalia Bryant in one morning, Vanessa lost the love of her life and her thir- and her daughter, her 13-year-old daughter, and Natalia lost her loving father and her her go-to, her right hand. Right-hand man or woman. Gigi. Because 
Natalia is 17, 18. Gigi was 13 years old. And then her two younger sisters are three. Bianca is three. And Capri is the one that was just born last summer. She's not even one years old. And when you look at that family now, Vanessa Bryant has to be, she's the matriarch. She has to be strong, but I can't imagine it's easy for her. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not easy for her. Natalia now has to also, she has to be equally as strong as Vanessa Bryant. Because it's, it, it's, you don't want, Vanessa is probably hurting so bad in a way as that child. And I lost, so I lost my brother when I was around uh, Natalia's age also. I was 18, so I was a year older. But when you experience something like that, you feel like you have to be just as strong as the parents because you know what they're going through. And you just, you don't want to add to that with your pain and your problems that you're having dealing with it. And that might not be, that might not sound healthy to do, but it's certainly how I felt. And I imagine it to a degree, Natalia might feel that way also. And it sucks that she essentially has to go through this alone. Well, her and, her and Vanessa are going to go through it together, of course, but also alone to a, a degree. And yes, there'll be there'll be a lot of people reaching out to them, supporting them, trying to help them get through it. Uh, people who were close to Kobe, friends, players, ex-teammates, whatever it is. And that's all well and good. But eventually, I'm not going to say it doesn't stop, but it slows down after a while. And then you're left with yourself and your family that's still there. And that's when it gets hard because you have to deal with that loss every day. And the timing, I don't even want to talk about that. Like the timing can't be worse. It's never going to be, it would never be okay for something like that to happen. Like the timing, timing wise. But if, if his two youngest daughters were just, if Bianca was just a little bit older, if she was just like a couple years older than Gigi, it might be a little easier for Natalia. But the fact that she has two younger sisters that she, can't even like confide in real because I mean what do they they don't they're three and not even one so you don't have you know you don't have those other siblings that she can really lean on for emotional support because they don't even know what's going on and that's what another I mean tragedy in and of itself is that Bianca and Capri are going to grow up without this ama their amazing 
father and their their older sister. And the only way they'll be remembered, they'll remember them, is through photographs and stories from Natalia and Vanessa and anyone else. You know, the internet, honestly, like... I'm sure they'll they'll get to an age eventually where they'll Google their dad and they'll see not only this incredible basketball player, but all these articles and all these people from all around the world talking about how amazing of a person he was. So you think of all of that. And it's just it's hor it's so horrible because when I saw it was Kobe, I, I cried. And I was sad and I was in shock. How could this happen to Kobe Bryant? And then it was his daughter. And it, it became, it was just unspeakably horrific. His daughter was with him. Oh my God, that family, that poor family. And then you get some of the names of the other passengers, and then you see that there was a family of three, a father, a wife, and their daughter, a mother and her daughter, three teenagers, Gigi and the other two. I don't know their, their names off the top of my head, but three teenagers dead in a helicopter crash on the way to a basketball game. And two of their parents, you know, the Altabellis leave behind two kids with now without their sister and their parents. Uh, it's an unspeakable tragedy. And that's the only way to really describe it is ju it's just a non-familial things aside, right? This is by far the most shocking and upsetting death I've ever experienced that hit like the news cycle. And you see things like, again, actors and, and musicians, they die and you're like, oh man, not again. They OD or whatever, whatever death it is. And it, we've seen that before, so it gets less and less shocking every time, unfortunately. But with athletes, it just doesn't it it doesn't seem like that should be happening, you know. And again, it all it all boils down to Kobe, it it being Kobe Bryant. And I'm still struggling to kind of get my feet on the ground with this because Any combination that I, I keep reading online, on TV, on my phone, whatever it is, any combination of the death of Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant died, Kobe Bryant with the his date of birth to 2020, it still doesn't feel real like remembering Kobe Bryant in remembrance in loving memory of Kobe Bryant 
it just it's not real and this is and it's it's so I guess it's kind of odd for me to be able to remove myself and kind of recognize that this is a person that I really don't know but I have all these feelings about him dying and it's it's incredibly odd and, and this is aside from the fact that the tragedy the the accident the helicopter accident itself is so upsetting because of all the lives it claimed and how sudden and horrific it was i'm i'm speaking strictly because not even if Kobe Bryant died, any if it was just Kobe Bryant in a car accident, you know, or something, some other sudden accident like that, I'd still feel the same way. So just removing everything and just strictly talking about Kobe, it's just so odd that it has had such a profound effect on me, and I'm in such disbelief, and it reminds me of feelings I had when my brother passed away but it's not the same not even it's not close to the same of course but there's similar feelings that feeling you get sick in your stomach you get that it's like a pit an endless pit in your stomach and you don't know how to really fill it and then there's like the just the disbelief and the 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 realization that you're trying to it's just it doesn't make any sense like how this person is here one moment and then gone the next and they it was just bizarre to me that I was experiencing these similar feelings for someone who for me really was just a basketball player and then you just you just keep looking and he's more than a basketball player and there's something i said my last podcast i said something about Derek Jeter where as far as like sports or role models outside of male role models outside of like my father and whatever like sports role models it's like Derek Jeter and then no one else is even close but I mean Kobe Bryant, man. He he's up there. I mean he's got to be up there. He is, and maybe it, it is because there's this this branding that he's he's taught he's created for himself, but has also simultaneously instilled in you know America's youth. And I mean. If you want to call me America's youth, sure, but young adults and America's youth and just people in general, honestly, I don't think the age difference really matters, is the mama mentality thing. Something he decided to call himself. He decided to come up with a nickname and call himself the Black Mamba, which in all sports, that's just, it's bizarre. No one does that. Or at least 
No one does it, and it sticks. But for Kobe, it did. And I think his lasting legacy of of that might be even greater than on the basketball court. Because it's it's something you don't need to be a basketball player or football, baseball, whatever any you don't need to be a professional athlete to use the whole mamba mentality thing in your everyday life. It doesn't have to be just for working out or perfecting your craft or just getting better at your professional sport. It could be anything you're doing. I can apply mama mentality to me grinding out these podcasts, right? Never stop trying to pursue what you love and don't let the the one factor, if there's any one factor that you can, and this is what mama mentality is all about, if there's any one factor that you can control, it's that the amount of effort you put in. That is the one You can't, it's the, whatever variable that is in like experiments or whatever. Um, it's, it's the one variable that does not change. It's the constant. The amount of effort you put in every day to get better. And I think that's a, that's a great way to live. And I think that's why. That'll be a la- the lasting legacy of Kobe Bryant. Is that if you want something, you need to work. And there's there's no excuses after that. You just need to put in the work and the effort. And you will succeed. Of course, uh, Kobe wasn't without his faults. I am certainly not going to talk about them. Or get into them. Uh, But the one that has definitely been brought up. Is his 2003. Sexual assault case. And. I'm not going to get into specifics of that. But. In today's world. Post Me Too movement. This is a guy who, again, just he's he's a guy who he came in, he made a mistake. He had pretty much admitted that he made a mistake, and that, you know, he went to these meetings and these, uh, these groups to learn more about what he had done and how to prevent it. And he came out a better person. He made it through with his wife, Vanessa. He made it through. Their marriage made it through. That whole ordeal. And he persevered. And he came out a better person. And there's there's another word. You know, there's another instance he called... Um, I think it was a ref. He called him a fag. And 
that, again, he admitted he was wrong. He went to counseling and uh, sensitivity training, whatever I think it was. I think it was sensitivity training. Uh, and he he came out a better person. He has made mistakes. He's not perfect. And I think, I, I don't know. I don't know how long it is until you start speaking about Kobe Bryant in the past tense. I realize I'm talking about him in the the present tense right now, but he, uh, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like he's should be talked about in the past tense yet. <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know if there's ever like a, like a cutoff for that, but uh, Kobe, like I said, for sure has made his mistakes, but he has acknowledged those mistakes and actively tried to fix them and came out the other side still intact, still breathing. Yes, he lost a couple sponsorships and supporters from each endeavor or each, not endeavor, uh, mistake or, uh, I guess, crossroads, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you want to call it, but each mistake he made, and those are the two that come to my head immediately, he lost supporters and he lost sponsors or whatever, as if that mattered at the time, or it mattered at the time, but as if that matters now. But he came out the other side a better person. And I think that's an important lesson to to look at too, is that people make mistakes. People fuck up. It happens. We're all human. But it's important to, to own up to those mistakes, to acknowledge those mistakes, and to be... To be remorseful and to just to try and better yourself every day. Just always try to become a better person every day. And in the immediate aftermath of Kobe's death, I've seen a lot on Twitter. People talking about they're done holding grudges. They're done being angry at people for petty bullshit. They're done arguing with people. It's all about forgiveness, acceptance, bettering yourself and help trying to to be, you know, put the best foot forward and just just be more helpful and understanding and remorseful for 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 your actions and I, you know what? I hope it's not just just a, a spur of the moment, like you're in grief kind of thing and this is what you're saying in the moment. I, I hope people really do bring that mentality forward for the rest of their life. And I hope and I, I hope Kobe's Mamba mentality and just being better or trying to get better every day. I I hope it affects everyone. 
for the rest of their lives. Because I think the world would, would be a much better place if everyone was just... Everyone was always trying to get better every day. I think the world would would definitely benefit from that. So if there's any good, I don't even know, I don't know if you want to call it even good, but if there's any bright spot to take from the passing of Kobe Bryant, it's that grudges are dumb. And just always try and better yourself. Just be, do good. And if you've watched Boy Meets World, you know what I'm talking about. Do good. Don't you mean do well? No. Just do good in the world, in your life. People you know and love, just do good. I think I'll wrap it up there, but I encourage you, I implore you to go. <laughs> if you li- after you listen to this, just go, just go watch Kobe Bryant highlights. It'll make you happy, a little, a little bit at least. It'll make you smile. That's what I did last night. I watched there was on the NBA YouTube account. Top 40 plays of Kobe Bryant's career, and it was posted a year ago, so I think they posted it because he turned 40. But I, I encourage you to just go watch Kobe Bryant highlights. He's, I don't even need to say it, right? He's incredible. It's uh still tough. I'm not sure... I, I feel like it'll it'll be a while till it's... It, gets processed um because I'm still I'll get like I said every time I read any combination of the word like Kobe Bryant's dead or in remembrance of Kobe Bryant anything like that it just doesn't feel right so I don't know when that'll go away maybe it will never go away who knows uh but I know the all-star game is doing a tribute to Kobe. I still don't really understand what it is. Um it's like the like after a few of the quarters, I think it's the the first, the second and third quarter, the the score resets, and then there's like a target score for the fourth. I just, I, I don't really under, fully understand it, to be completely honest. Uh, which I, I mean, I said that already, but they're, they're doing something that ends up being some type of tribute to Kobe. Uh, Chris Mannix said that each team, Team LeBron should wear like number eight, and Team Giannis should wear number 24. Everybody. I thought that was super cool. I thought that was, that was something that was definitely doable and that the NBA might for sure pull the trigger on. Uh, doesn't seem like they're going to. Instead, they're having this odd scoring system. I, I don't know. But that'll be uh, interesting to watch. 
just to see how it, how it works. Cause <laughs> I just, uh, it, it, I read like a simplistic terms of it, like this, the boiled down version of it. And I, it still doesn't make any sense to me. So whatever. Um, I'll, I'll just wrap it up here. I, I wanted to talk about, there, there was a few things to talk about, you know, NBA all-star games, uh, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker getting snubbed. The East and West All-Star teams is ridiculous, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, but the All-Star game's coming up. I'll have another episode out. It'll be a lot more upbeat, and we'll recap the Super Bowl and Super Bowl weekend on Wednesday. As long as, as well as with everything else, if things happen Monday and Tuesday, we'll recap whatever happens then as well. But Wednesday, we'll be back with another normal episode. I'll leave the the link to my blog in the description of the podcast if you want to go check out the blog I wrote on Kobe on Sunday night. Feel free. But I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Uh, Have a safe weekend, everybody. Thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you guys next Wednesday.